welcome back to Cover Stories. Today we have Sir William covering Garden Grove by Sublime. What's up, man? Chilling, chilling, dude. Thanks for having me over. Oh, thanks for being on. This is awesome. You are a very unique performer. You use loops. You play several instruments, and uh, we're excited to have you on. We're excited for the cover. I'm pretty excited to that too. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, like, the first thing we always ask everybody who comes on, why this song? Why Garden Grove? So, I do performances around San Antonio, and I do, like, different, like, mashups and everything like that. And this one is, is like, a crowd favorite. People love it. And I love the fact that it's not Sublime's, like, most popular song, because that's another thing I like to do is, like, let me get the least popular song that I like and try to make it really likable and i and i and i did it i'm uh <clears throat> how i did it is like a little mesh up and it makes sense uh and not i try not to uh just oh the, the same chords this song is the same chords so we could just put them together but the lyrics don't make sense uh so like i was like you know what it could do uh <laughs> the bass line was something else the bass line is a d- completely different song i stole the bass line from another <laughs> song it's called maxine uh i forgot who who saying it but it's like a reggaeton like song and then uh, i just started messing around with looper one day and then it's just like oh you could do this and i started off playing with low rider and then you take a trip take a trip and then the first word one of the first words in garden grove is i took a trip <laughs> you know <laughs> and then like it just i've always loved sublime too like used to mow my lawn to sublime the, the self-titled album all of that stuff and then <clears throat> and then like then at the end you know you hear a little quote from the trumpet solo electric avenue so you're in a low rider in garter grove on electric avenue so it's kind of cool like it's, it's a journey yeah it's a journey <laughs> it's, it's a road trip song that's yeah, what i always think yeah. about it's like a journey song and i all the all these songs they all make sense together <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's cool, and that's I I always appreciate like when, when people who do mashups. There's always little. I love it more when there are little Easter eggs. Yeah, a little like like Girl Talk's really good at that. He'll put Biggie Smalls and Tiny Dancer like big and tiny, you yeah, know, like yeah. stuff like that. I think it's really cool to just bring everything together, but also it it makes you want to repeat listens because you're like, oh, I'm listening for little things here yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah. I always uh, I was told people like whenever you play a solo and you're playing something and you. It's called a quote. You're quoting a song because you're not really playing the song. You just play a little snippet of it. <laughs> and it's perfect, too, because Sublime does that all the time. Yeah. I mean, he quotes uh, the Fugees. He quotes yeah. Lauren Hill in What I Got. Yeah. Um, he talks about Karis one a lot, uses some of his lyrics. You know, yeah. big Whalers fan. He's a lot of Whalers yeah. lyrics and covers. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's one thing that, that I appreciate about them now, especially as an adult, being into them since I was a teenager, since I was a kid, Same. is that like people talk a lot about like gentrifying or, or corporate cultural appropriation, but I feel like Bradley especially was really really good about paying tribute to the reggae that he grew up on, and that he's it's more of an homage, and he's not ripping off by any th- yeah. means. And he's I th- he's not like I think he's part Puerto Rican too. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but yeah, man. It's, it's I remember like I've when I was a little kid I was like man I want to go see Sublimes I want to but I want to see it with Bradley you know but then I was I'm never old enough to go to a Sublime concert it's so funny because I grew up very Catholic too like so Sublimes like you know you hear the, all the things and that they talk about and everything like that and I wasn't really a lyric guy and I was just listening to like the music and everything like the the, the melody I was very 
I love melodies. And then like now that I'm learning songs, I'm listening more to the lyrics. I'm like, holy crap. Like lyrics are pretty awesome. He's amazing. Like, yeah. Um, he's so, I think he's underrated. Like oh, I've watched yeah. a lot of stuff about, you know, in the past week, just going back and, and looking into it. Um, they're always kind of associated with like fret boys and like, they've got the Rick and Morty effect where like people, like their fans speak for them. So like oh. people hate Rick and Morty fans. So they think Rick and Morty sucks, but yeah. sublime's kind of like that too. And, and it's just, he's just a great songwriter. I think yeah. that there's so many songs he has that are so like, just like heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really heartbreaking. Like you just listen to him and like, and then there's some things that are like kind of weird. Like he's, he says some pretty taboo stuff in his stuff, like things like, you're like, holy crap, like, uh, caress me down. Like, <laughs> I think Mixie was the name of his daughter and he was talking about her like, you know, like that, you know, I it, think. It, what I would, what I had read about that song is that it's, it's a story about a guy who lives on the wrong side of the tracks in Mexico. Okay. And I think he's a white guy who falls in love with a girl named Mixie. They're teenagers. Okay. And at his, her family wants to kill him. Okay. That's okay. someone said that. Yeah, the father and Theos. Yeah. 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 And someone was like, I was listening to a podcast about it. Like, no, this song's about being jerked off. Like that's all it's about. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I didn't know that. Like uh, I was just I listen to lyrics, but like it's it's you know, it's kinda hard to like know exactly what's going on because he's so yeah, like just po it's poetic. Yeah. It's it's raunchy poetic. You know? For sure. Like Edgar Poe, like whenever he came out when he, nobody liked him. Now he's great. Like he's one of the greatest writers, you know. So. I, I kind of liken Bradley Noel to Johnny Cash a little bit into how he tells these stories, and yeah. they're not necessarily autobiographical, but there are things that he does take from his own life and inserts in. And it's just really cool that, and then not just that, but like the way he puts sentences together. Yeah. Um, like was it was it Pool Shark? Always destroys me. Like one day I'm gonna lose the war. Like he knew he was gonna die from a heroin overdose oh, yeah. eventually. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, man, that's sad, dude. Like, uh, a lot of musicians, man, get hooked on heroin. Uh, Charlie Parker, uh, I think Miles Davis and everybody, like, it's just sad. Oh, Chet Baker, I don't know if you heard about Chet Baker. Yeah, we had a whole episode about Chet Baker, oh, yeah, actually. Dude, that guy, shh, dude, I, I, I know the, they don't know whether he was pushed he or, fell off. or if he fell, fell off. off. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And he got his teeth knocked out and, or because of heroin like, yeah so much mystery behind it. and you know he was considered a c-list uh musician because he would sell out shows and then not show up to them <laughs> and they would have to refund all that money so they're like uh so he could have been an a-lister he could have been so much better but damn heroin <laughs> he had that respect too like like miles davis appreciated him he was yeah. like i think he's like there's like a quote like he's like one of the few white boys i'll play with or yeah. something like that he's, he was so sad too. Like he just all his songs are so sad. You could just tell. Like this guy is like, they, honestly, they should make a movie about that guy. They, like, did. they did. Um, what's his name? Ethan Hawke played him. Oh crap! I got. I got to take. What I, was it called? Is I it, can't remember. It's uh, probably called like one of his songs or something like that. Yeah, I think so. If you if you listen to the Chet Baker episode we did, I talked about it there. I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up later. I'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that you know with with Bradley Noel, um, it's. I we look into like who he was as a person, and I I just find a lot of like joy there. And yeah, he's fun. Like he even like all those songs. I always have a picture in my head, like you know, like how how his life was and everything like that. Because he was a skateboarder, you know, like just 
on the streets and even his music videos like like that like holy crap the songs sound like the, they go so well with each other it's like that's what i imagine whenever like i listen to like uh wrong way or something like that you know like, you know getting chased and shit like <laughs> all that stuff yeah he really then like not to mention like the long beach aspect of things like lbc is snoop dogg and sublime yeah. you know yeah and uh do you listen to Vince Staples at all? I don't know who that is. Maybe he's, he's I have a to. younger rapper, and he's the best interview. Just watch an interview with him. He's like okay. the most candid and funniest guy. He loves Sublime. Oh yeah, I've heard several times. He like Bradley knows like one of because he's from Long Beach, and that's yeah. that's what they know. And yeah. I love this that that as an epicenter of like different cultures, you know, yeah. white, black, brown, and and yeah. and everyone there is like that. That's just what what it is, you yeah, know. Man, just. Don't cross lines. Respect, respect each other. Don't steal from each other. Jesus, man, that's a, that happened a lot in the past. Like you know, like, like stealing white, stealing black music and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's terrible. And that's the thing. And that's what we're talking about. Like you know, he's he's really quick to to do the homages and then the yeah. samples that he uses. I mean, Robin the Hood is like so sample heavy. Yeah. And that's how I got more into hip hop was when I bought Robin the Hood. I bought it expecting like kind of like you know the the self titled and it was a lot very different. Yeah. And like all those loop dubs and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because yeah, he's he's a white boy playing reggae, and white people didn't make reggae music. So. <laughs> yeah. Usually, they make good reggae music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, and I, I noticed that uh, uh, reggae has been getting bigger here in San Antonio too. And I'm like, well, you know, that's awesome because I really growing up in uh, pretty much growing up in Corpus Christi, I was always like near the beach and like that's what i would listen to like a lot of reggae a lot of island hip-hop i don't know how to explain it uh but like uh it's totally different like listening to the radio station in different towns like san antonio's oh, radio yeah. station is totally different from corpus <laughs> christie's and then uh i live i actually from beeville texas that's where i grew up from that Tejano and country, that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. That's all you get. And then you get some stations from Corpus because you're like an hour away, but, you know, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I think it's super interesting about, I mean, Central Texas in general, it's very, like, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's like, because there, there's the metal aspect of things, especially in San Antonio. Yeah, a lot of metal here. Yeah. And, but, but everything kind of comes together. And, and there's obviously a lot of, you know, Latinx culture here. And then yeah. that permeates through music like Sublime and like it's you know Sublime yeah. and like Suicide Tendencies and and all these bands that like didn't really sound Mexican but they like Latinx culture like embraced it and it's yeah. a part of that culture because they were a part of that culture and yeah. it was just that's what they were doing they weren't trying to do anything you know crazy yeah and and Sublime is like you said like you can he was he has that Spanish culture in him too so he can use a lot of stuff and that's I I feel that's why that song really works. Uh, Garden, the one version of Garden Grove really works here in San Antonio, especially because I start off with Lowrider. Yeah, because they're like, "Oh, Lowrider," and then like, then they hear Garden Grove and they're like, "Oh, Garden Grove!" <laughs> I haven't heard this song in forever because nobody plays Garden Grove because everybody plays What I Got. Yeah, and, or Santeria. <laughs> Santeria, the only two. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna play those two. I'm gonna play Caress Me Down and I'm gonna play Garden Grove <laughs> and Summertime. Oh yeah, I do summertime mixed in with T Pain. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I that doing times like one of my favorite yeah. songs of all time, not just yeah, Sublime. Time. 
He says it's so funny. It's called Doing Time, but I think he says Summertime. He does because they couldn't. So that was originally going to be the number one track. This is all like yeah. interconnected because Garden Grove is the number one track on the self-titled, and it's the first track because they wanted to put Doing Time first, but they couldn't get the rights from George Gershwin's uh, estate, and. Yeah. Finally, like, you know, they're recording, and after they recorded it, they couldn't put it on the record. Bradley dies about a month later. They, last minute, they, Gershwin's estate says, you can do it, but uh, he has to change the words from doing time to summertime. Bradley was already dead, so they actually had some, uh, one of their producer friends as actually the one singing summertime. So that's why it's at the end of that album. Oh, wow. It's pretty wild, yeah. Hey, you know more about someone than I do. <laughs> I've just been reading a lot this past oh, week. Ever since oh, you uh, said you're going to do it, I was oh, yeah. real excited. <laughs> I should have read too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that that's this, this just another testament to all the different influences. You know, yeah, he and had a lot of influences. He didn't just. He was. It's so funny because like he's not really reggae. Uh, one of my friends was telling me he was like he's more like party music. Yeah, like, he put that, and that's probably why frat people love him. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like, and then they listen to the same things. What I got, Sensoria. And I can understand, like, like you know, it's usually the fans that ruin it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate, I don't want to be one of those fans. I'm like, you know what? Just go ahead and watch it. You might like it. And, you know, like Rick and Morty. I, I like Rick and Morty, but I also like Dan Harmon. Like, yeah. Community. Like, yeah. That show is amazing, you know? Yeah, but, and you always have to look, like, who wrote it, you know? Because, like, Dan Harmon was one of the biggest writers. So, like, once I figured that, Rick and Morty, I'm like, I looked up him and I looked up other things he's in. I was like community. So I went to go check out community. I was like, Oh, this is yeah. Stan Harmon, you know, like, so, and then, and then most of the, a lot of Rick and Morty fans don't even know who Stan Harmon is. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you, what are you, what? There's a like, spectrum of fandom, you and know? I think, yes. Yeah, some people, I think they just like to get on board and get in the boat, you know, like, and like not really know why they're on that ship. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's, it's that whole psychological experiment with the elevator where people are facing the other direction. So people walk into the elevator, see everyone's facing the wrong direction. They feel like they're supposed to face yeah. that direction too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was doing, I was listening to a lot of podcasts about sublime and, um, there's a lot of hate for Sublime, I and I think that, that it's the inverse of the jumping on the boat. It's the yeah. contrarian pick, and one of the podcasts is this really great podcast called Pump Up the Jam, where they list, they talk about a song and then they like redo it, and they're making fun of Sublime a lot, but they're also list, like just talking about the lyrics and like, oh, this song, like they're talking about Santeria, like this song is super heartbreaking. Like, it's about a breakup, and I love that song. It's one of the first like guitar solos I learned, oh, yeah. and I never took that like i knew the words i could sing every word without you know looking yeah. at a screen yeah but i never realized like how kind of heartbreaking the song yeah. is you know he's sad because his girl left for his sancho yeah. sancho <laughs> you know yeah. and he has this way of i mean it's funny because it's like he's speaking he's he's singing but it's like how he talks yeah it's like somebody's talk like telling you a story or like guiding you through it's really cool and the way he does it it's just so casual so like street so yeah where he, it's just him he just like figured himself out I was like this is how my lyrics are going to be there's such a sincerity yeah. in, in how he sings and I, I like when he tries to belt a little bit i just yeah. like his voice i yeah. mean not even from like a technical perspective but he just it's it's soothing it's like yeah. asmr for me he, you know so i saw some uh so like i'm very big on my 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 vocals like as in like i i try i want to keep them for as long as i can <laughs> uh and like drinking lots of water, like I drink over a gallon of water a day. I swear to God, that's what sweat so much. I guess, uh, 
<clears throat> but then like having honey and then like uh, not drinking during gigs, staying away from cold, really cold drinks before gigs. Uh, but all that matters. And he, whenever he would perform, I could hear it in his voice. I'm like, he's probably on like cocaine and heroin. And blah. I could just hear it like, but when he performed live, but when he was in that studio, I know he was sober. I know he was sober. <laughs> Cause there's no way like he, I'm pretty sure he, when he was in the studio, he was like, let's do this, you know, uh, he, performances are for partying. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He definitely kind of went back and forth and, yeah. and uh, the third album that Garden Grove's on, um, was actually recorded in Austin at Willie Nelson's studio, oh, wow. uh, Alice, I think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's, it's wild to think about that. They were like, that's, that's where it was recorded, you know, yeah, in, in here in Texas. Um, but I was listening to some some people talk about that they talked to to Eric the bassist and yeah. he, they talked about being on the first Warp tour and it's like it was fifty fifty it would either be like the greatest show or it would be the worst show yeah. you've ever been I've, to yeah I've, I've seen the the live performances he would do man and some of them were like really good and then some were he did there was one thing with uh, Gwen Stefani and they I think they were both messed up because <laughs> I, I love them both I love and you know how Gwen Stefani she can sing yeah but they they were both like. It was an outside gig. They probably didn't have good monitors. There's so many things you got to think about that's going on. And they, I mean, they were big back then. And I don't know, like just could be, it could have been anything. Drugs could have been bad sound. I don't know. But yeah, it was hit or miss. Man, with them. He would, and he was very notorious for like forgetting lyrics yeah. and yeah. changing them up. Yeah. Or, but it, he would, it was, it was like jazz sometimes because yeah. he would say the wrong lyric and then turn it into something else. Yeah. And then come back on. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. But, you know, he gave us some, uh, he gave me a lot of my favorite kid memories, like, especially this, like, like I said, like mowing the lawn, listening to Sublime and just, you know, got me through that heat and got me through that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, well, I guess I could listen to this album, like, and then it'll get me, you know, it was, and I would listen to it on loop too, because it took me a while to, to mow the lawn stuff. Like, so yeah, love that. Love Sublime. <laughs> really. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's funny you say that because there, there's so many memories I have associated with, like, they're the reason I play guitar. I heard some cover band at, at Ingram Park Mall in 2001. I was, my mom was shopping, and I didn't want to go with her because she was shopping for her. Yeah. So I'm in the, like, middle of, like, the atrium, and this band's playing at this restaurant called Chelsea's Pub and Grill. I think they were called Dragonfly, and they played Santeria, and I was familiar with that song, but hearing the guitar solo live, I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah dude. A hundred percent, dude. That's awesome. There's so many things, and I, I think that you know, I think we grew up in a time where, like, I didn't get into them till after Bradley had died. I didn't know. Yeah. You know I, I was familiar with me too, but not to a point where I knew their songs and and uh, you know that that experience. And I had a friend in middle school who was singing Saul Red" behind me, and he was just like singing to himself. I didn't know who he was at that point. I had no. I, all my friends were in different classes, so I was kind of a loner. And I'm like, oh, hey, you like Sublime? He's like, yeah. oh, yeah. And then we became good <laughs> friends from that. It's wild. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, the Sublime man. Um, I had a thought. Ah, I lost it. It'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I think that, you know, there are I, I not just Sublime itself as a band, but just that era of, like, listening to music. and. Oh, yeah, it was like that era when, yeah, for me, it was – we would go outside a lot and we have, we had neighbors and, uh, 
we play basketball and then football and street football and stuff like that tag obviously and like that was that was that's what that's what made that's what sublime made me feel like like that you know like I, that was my soundtrack for that era where we just like do street things and do things on like right right around the neighborhood with bicycles and everything like that and and I would listen to that stuff too and all my friends we were all into like ska and, and reggae, and, you know the, the middle school thing. Like I feel like middle, a lot of middle school people from our time like love ska and all. Yeah, that. So it was like that middle school time. time. It was like a happy music and, <laughs> and skanking. Uh, in fact, like one of my favorite bands, I always local bands. Uh, y'all should get them on here. Uh, the Lost Project, Skajeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go watch them. They're at Burleson Yard. I think Saturday or Friday. If Saturday, yeah. And they were, they sounded so good. They did some different things that, that they didn't do before. And I'm like, ooh, nice. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they're so good. And like, I just, I just love, like, I just love all that, all that island, the torns, uh, the the ska, the you know, like all that stuff is really, it brings me back to like that time. Definitely, yeah. I, you know, I think the thing about ska that I feel like a lot of people kind of dismiss it as this kind of like theater kid like yeah. checkerboard like yeah, i'm gonna do a little jig yeah which i mean there is an aspect of that i fucking love real big fish and the aquabats but yeah. i always forget about the kind of more like you know the the more like two-tone stuff the more like like more mellow like more reggae influence more like yeah. kind of more a little bit more specials than it is like you know real big fish and yeah. i think that they last project especially like, they kind of capture that and really and really especially in their performance like what's like burritos is a is a ska song right but it's like more minor it's not as happy yeah and that's what's so weird that's what's so nuts about sublime is that they're they're this album in general like the the self-titled album the first like seven songs are all hits and then you go in and like oh like these are like the the, after that's like the sub-tier hits you know and like everybody they don't play them on the radio, but everybody knows them. Yeah, you know, and they're great songs. Yeah, they're so so good. But yeah, nobody ever plays them. They're like, because no. you can't you can't play them on the radio. A lot of those yeah. songs you can't yeah. play on the radio. I love Seed. You can, yeah, <laughs> and I hadn't heard. I, the first time I heard it was in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. Yeah, Seed is a good one. Uh, what's another one that's good? Oh, you can't really say. It. Oh, I same in the end is kind of on that same level. It's a little bit more aggressive. Oh, caress me down. Caress oh, yeah. me down is a great one. You can't play that <laughs> yeah. on the radio. You cannot. I never heard that song on the radio ever. That shit was scandalous in middle yeah. school, man. Yeah. People, like I, my friends would be like, "Hey, have you heard that Sublime song?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> What's this Chan Joe Kung yeah. Fu grip shit? What? <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's so funny because. I love playing that song so much. I don't like, it depends like what venue I play at. And I love that song, but I'm like, God, I can't play this song in front of kids. <laughs> There's yeah. kids right there. There's literally a, a kiddie park right there with a slide. And <laughs> I was at Bethos and I was like, I got to skip this song. I have to play another song. <laughs> love it. Is what I, got. <laughs> I hate doing that. I'll, I'll do it though because people like it, whatever. But there is a, do you, do you follow Mark Rebier at all? Uh-uh. The, uh, the loop. Was it a Loop Daddy? Uh, well, he there's a whole video of him performing, and he's like got this song called Girls Club. One of the, the hooks is "Let me in." I'm trying to fuck. Oh. There's all these little kids at this bar <laughs> running around. Gosh darn it! <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I want to, I want to like, I like bar settings. I love bar settings because I like to cuss because it's art. I'm sorry, it's art. Yeah, like cussing is like 
this uh i do a, a peaches and cream cover oh wow with uh i want to be like you but it's like a, it's more arrogant i want to be like you because it's it's like saying i i'm lying i'm i'm being sarcastic i really don't want to be like <laughs> you. and like because <laughs> i'm amazing <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what i'm saying so like and i i say this this line in there is like uh it's like i want to what's it i want to act like you i want to fuck like you i want to be human too <laughs> you know like yeah and i also say i'm tired of fucking around you know like i do all that stuff because it's true like and that and that whole thing was like i put that together in a very because i was living in bvo at the time and i was trying to book i was i was like booking trying to book gigs there i don't know why and eventually i was like no nah, i gotta go to a city and came over here but when I did came up with that one, I was like really mad at another musician that like really was, you know, whatever. So I was like, you know what, fuck you, and I just came up with that. So that was like, that was like, I don't want to be like you. Uh, <clears throat> and then right after that, I want to be human too. And I do the <laughs> I do a trumpet solo with my mouth, which is like not human, you know. So, <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just I just love the bar setting. I could I could it's art. I want to, I can express everything, you know, I don't have to worry about like, you know, some parent like, Hey, or like lose a gig because they're like, Hey man, you can't say, yeah, you can't say horny in front of kids. <laughs> and then right after that play R. Kelly. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Comedy. You're right though. I mean, it's one of those things. It's all about context. You know, yeah. there, there are the fucks just for like, for shock and awe, which is yeah. overrated, but Samuel L. Jackson has made an art out of motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're good fellas. Fuck is said 312 times, I think. I love good fellas. And there's so many iterations of it, including my favorite fucko. Hey, fucko. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's just so many things you can do with language that, that people don't, I don't want to say they don't appreciate, but people don't realize and yeah. until you actually like break it down and listen to like, oh, like there's a reason why you say it 312 times yeah. in this movie, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's that you said I understand the whole aspect of like constantly cussing and just like just doing it like you know but there is there is definitely art form and I, I was watching a, com a comedian podcast uh, I forgot what it was but they're talking about how like like you kind of have to write be able to write clean too you still got to be able to write clean but like sometimes you know throwing the fuck in there is like it's because you're really good at writing clean than writing dirty yeah Cause you just write clean and they're like, well, I get, I could put a fuck in this. One. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about strategy. Yeah. It's all about strategy. There's a, uh, there was this old, um, uh, Oh my God. Warhol movie. It's called sleep. And this guy is literally sleeping in a bed for like three hours. And it was, people lost their mind about it. Cause you get so used to watching this dude sleep that when he turns, it's like, Oh my God, he turned. Yeah. So if you have a clean set and you yeah. throw in a fuck, it's so off off yeah. kilter. Yeah, it really does what it's supposed yeah. to do. Like if if Bill Cosby said one fuck out of nowhere, <laughs> it, people would lose it. People would lose it, and they would like it would be the funniest joke. And I mean, yeah, he was <laughs> clean comics. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, dude, definitely, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, you know, and, and I think we live in the type of generation now where there there is an embracing of 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 language, and it's not. I remember growing up and like elders being like, "Oh, only ignorant people swear," and, and things like that. And there is an aspect of that, but it's not a hundred percent. Some of the smartest people I know exactly <laughs> are super fucking dirty. 
it's it's uh I think that being able to to comprehend that in a way that's not just for cheap laughs, it's more about like, you know, there there is a strategy to it, there is yeah, context. Okay. It's pretty clever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I was going to ask you, uh, you know, you are a multi-instrumentalist. You play trumpet. You also play flute? Yes. Um, what, uh, it, you, we've been talking about jazz a little bit. What, who are some of your favorite, you know, trumpeters or, or flautists? Flautists. <laughs> okay, so I just learned flute over the oh, quarantine. Cool. Yeah. And it's so funny because after learning flute and, like, learning how to play lead guitar a little bit, and I have realized how hard trumpet actually is <laughs> it's not an easy instrument because i was like i picked a flute like that i like <laughs> and i same thing with leads i'm like oh I, yeah this is easy uh but yeah my my all my influences from trumpet I, I have a lot of influence from trumpet from like arturo sanoval and uh maynard ferguson uh dizzy gillespie miles davis uh chet baker uh <clears throat> vocalists Louis Armstrong, Louis Prima. I hear so much satchmo in your voice. I love. Yeah. I can hear when you kind of get in there and yeah. do the little satchmo voice. Yeah. Uh, I see. That's it's all like it's all like technique, and that's dangerous to do if you don't know how to do it right. And you have to go look up the technique to do that stuff because people are like, oh yeah, it's like yeah, but you also you could be hurting yourself, like rupturing some vocal cords. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, I have to be very careful with that, and I and also like learning techniques like moving your shoulders and stuff like that and like all that matters bradley was one of my favorite vocalists like uh whenever he was recorded <laughs> uh but uh yeah have that and um i would listen to buddy rich one of my favorite drummers uh would, there's this one album uh big swing face oh it was recorded live oh yeah yeah and man it doesn't sound like it was recorded live. <laughs> watching him drum is like watching Keith Moon drum. Like they have like they're just so spastic. But Buddy Rich is doing what Keith Moon does with like a hi hat and a snare. Yeah, it's wild. And and so that that particular band had were had monsters in it. Like I was looking at the roster. I'm like, that guy has his own solo project. That guy has his own. He could, these guys are all like, just they could make it on their own. They're just coming together. <laughs> To be, hey, we're all badasses. Why don't we make some badass music? And I'm like, all right, all right, let's sell tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just like the, I forgot who it was. I think it was Al Hurt or someone like that, who was the lead, uh, lead trump player at the time for hit that for that particular man. And the horn section, uh, phenomenal. They do this uh, one of my favorite uh, versions of Love for Sale, because uh, they really bring it up and. They do have uh, Norwegian wood at the beginning, but it's like happy. It's like it's really freaking cool. And I would wake up every morning in college to that song. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that was my uh, my alarm clock. And it was just like it did. It like it it kept me going. It's so funny because I think Norwegian wood isn't a happy song. I think it's a sad <laughs> song. But like just hearing the. The, the the way he played it and it's all it's not there's no uh lyrics there's no vocalists it's just all band and they're all doing all this they're doing crazy things and so i'm like god i can't believe this album was recorded live <laughs> I'm like, god, what am i doing with my life i need to practice more <laughs> those are the types of albums that like my favorite type of jazz is the one that sounds like smoking a cigarette like Everything is just like it gives you like a buzz just listening oh, like to it. Miles Davis, like that, like the cool, like 
they're like that. My favorite jazz album is Money Jungle with Max Roach, Duke Ellington, and Mingus. Okay. And okay. every single track on that is just like you can. It's like you hear them smoking. <laughs> like it's okay. you know, it's just it's like auditorial like nicotine buzz. You know uh, what? Talking about like yeah, how like music does that to you, like how it takes you place or reminds you of something like. Uh, flamenco sketches from Miles Davis. I think the first take that was the first. Uh, I I got really high and I <laughs> that song was like. <laughs> but ever since then, like, uh, that there's this Bill Evans solo and like his, I don't know, he's doing. I'm pretty sure they're all on heroin, but <laughs> he does this stuff and it just takes you to space. Like and just like it feels like he does this like bum bum bum. It's like it's almost like you're you're just hopping star to star, and it's just like <laughs> each each like little hop, it, like the star, like every time you land on it, it just kind of like kind of bursts into like different colors. It's just it's just such a spacey song. It's just like and the uh, I think the Cannibal Adderley solo, the <laughs> I love that dude. Like it's just like he's like creeping, like it's so sexy, it's just so smooth, and it's just like. It just really takes you to, to me, it just takes me to space. I don't know if that was the weed or what, but <laughs> I was like, I'm in space, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I love, like, So What is is a great, like, it's a great everyday song. You, like, know, you know what that is? So What? It's a conversation. And the So What? And the, the bass player's like, hey. Call and response? The, the, yeah, the bass player's saying something interesting. And, and he's like, bum, ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. That's interesting, right? And guy's like so what that's awesome <laughs> so what so what and that's what it is like so what that's what it is man that's wild yeah. man that's I, conversation. I, I love i just love that i mean you could listen to that like mowing your lawn doing homework yeah driving i remember i said like drive to that because I, I bought kind of blue and i did it my cd player didn't work so i had a little Walkman that I plugged into like the auxiliary, <laughs> yeah. and um and uh, and yeah, I would I just loved cruising at night. Like that was my favorite like favorite album to like just drive around to. Yeah, it it, it is such a great album to just like to like even like in a like a uh, one good memory like with like so I, I would I lived in Beville and then my my brothers for a little bit lived here. Well, they still live here, uh in in Corp or in, in San Antonio. And then I would totally listen to that on the way from the drive at night from Beville to San Antonio. But then like this thing would happen uh, right when we get in San Antonio. And it, it, it was always coincidence that this song would always come on, but it was uh, Dave Matthews. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? And it's just like, it was the song to come into San Antonio? Cause you see all the lights. And, just, <laughs> and, and for me, it was like, I didn't go to San Antonio a lot. Now it's like, eh, lights, who gives a shit? Uh, but, but like coming into like that city and, and to like a song, like when it's a soundtrack, yeah. dude. It's like you just, a for soundtrack sure. for your, your, for your life, you know? And it just, you have those memories and they bring memories back and they're just like bringing you back somewhere to take you places and, you, and you're in the comfort of your home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's really beautiful, man. Like I, I totally agree. Like I would do that too. Like just drive around and just like listen to something really cool, like that sets the mood and everything like that. 
I think kind of blue makes you feel like you're in like a hard boiled like detective, like <laughs> like you know, the yeah. dame had legs See, for days. Everybody, everybody has a different uh, <laughs> different experience with it. Like I said, like for me, it's just, it's just like a really cruisy song. Yeah, like, cruise. Yeah. No, uh, bitches brew is a different story. Yeah, bitches <laughs> brew is a different story. I my dad is the person who got me into jazz, and he was really like he's introduced me to Kind of Blue, and then I'm like, "Have you ever listened to Bitches Brew?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's not for me." <laughs> <laughs> Out of a, what was this one song? Uh, I forgot. It was a John Coltrane song, and it was crazy stuff, man, like crazy stuff. And I have uh, a transcription of his solo. And it was it was transcribed by this really smart saxophone player. He's like knows how to transcribe and everything like that. He was transcribing John Coltrane's solo, and John Coltrane did something, and he was like, "I don't fucking know." <laughs> and he just he skipped that part, <laughs> and he just kept on writing the rest of the song. He's like, "I don't fucking know what he did there." I'm not John Coltrane. It's like it's like uh, in Marvel movie where they're like. Tony Stark made this in a in a fucking thing. It's like, well, I'm not Tony Stark. <laughs> I'm not John Coltrane. That's the craziest thing about that era is like they were all super groups. Yeah. Like you were saying they earlier. Were all super groups. Like And they all got paid like shit. And it was all casual. It was so yeah. it was so like it wasn't like, yo, uh me and John Coltrane and this kid Herbie Hancock are gonna put out an album. <laughs> you know, it's just, it wasn't like, yeah, we're doing this. It's a big thing. It's like, no, like we got these guys, yeah. you know, they're they're all right, whatever. Yeah. And then you like and then you look at the albums, yeah. You look at the albums and, and how they have they always have the who's on drums, yeah, on horn, and they're like, Holy shit, I holy shit. Like you just see all these all these people that you know their name you know their names. Yeah. You know? And he was like, Oh, I didn't know he played with Miles Davis. So yeah, Miles Davis. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh and that's the best. So still today, it's argued that that Miles Davis kind of blue album was the best band ever put together. It's actually the only album I think at the on the top hundred uh uh best albums all time, Rolling Stones or something like that. And and it's the only the only jazz. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the only one. Uh, and if you look at it, if you look on them on paper. Every single one one person from the Kind of Blue band had more successful albums <laughs> than the Beatles, separate individually. If you got their success as the Beatles and their success individuals, and then put that all together, that one member still had more successful That's albums wild. than that. <laughs> it's just so nuts yeah. to think about how casual it was, man. Yeah, and that was all before they really like hit their apex too. I mean. Um, it's yeah. It's just it's just so nuts to think about like to be alive at that yeah. time and, and to experience that you know. Yeah, dude, it's like you it makes me it makes me want to go home and practice <laughs> like a lot, and like and if that doesn't make you want to practice, then you should probably change your major. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cool, man. I, I love I I'm you probably tell, I'm like a, a I have very surface level jazz knowledge and. And I, I just love hearing these stories, especially as, you know, multi-instrumentalists like you, like just telling these things. And like, it's just so cool to like, like experience that and, and, and really listen to about like what this music means, you know? Yeah. So it is, it really is, man. It's, I look like, thank you for coming. <laughs> Cause I, I love talking about stuff like this. Like I could talk about this stuff all day long, dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is what the podcast is all about, yeah. you know. Like, uh, this is one of the reasons why we want to get you on here because you you have so many different, 
I mean, you obviously have like a lot of you know pop uh, you know, influence, but I, I could hear the jazz. Like I said, yeah. I heard I heard Louis Armstrong in your voice, yeah. and I do a lot of scatting in my set. I love scatting. It's like uh, been doing a lot more of that, and then it's also you're practicing your vocals and you're practicing your scales when you when you improvise. It's just the ultimate way to practice your scales because you're like, man. I, I've been doing this lick for way too long. I didn't, I didn't come up with a new lick, you know, and you come up with a new lick and then you, you practice that lick and then ah, I'm done with that lick. I need a new <laughs> lick. And you come up with that. By the time you know it, you have a bag full of tricks. And then like, you know what? You could bring things back. You bring, you know, like you do anything with this bag of tricks that you have. And like, then, you know, you could do different, like every scale has a different trick. And then sometimes you like, you learn a trick in this scale that you didn't know you could do. Like, oh, it's like, it just, your ear for some odd reason heard it in this scale. And they can counter that to like other scales. And it's just like, now I have this freaking arsenal. <laughs> it's like, it's like skateboarding. Like, yeah. oh, I can kickflip. Now I can nollie kickflip. Now I can switch kickflip. Yeah. Magic tricks. You know? <laughs> Slide at hand. Oh, I can make the, 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 oh, ready to go. Like it starts small. It yeah. It's very small. Hey, that was a uh, big trouble, little China. <laughs> like everything starts very small. <laughs> I love that movie. That's my favorite Carpenter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that you know it's that's like the, watching, especially listening in, in jazz and just seeing how it starts off, and then like seeing this little seed turn into a giant tree several branches is yeah. the wildest thing about listening to not just jazz in general, but like music in general, you know, yeah. we need to do that here, man. San Antonio, we need to just stop fighting each other. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know what, back in the day they used to do this and they didn't care. Like if you're good, you're good. You can invite it, blah, blah, blah. No talking crap, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, people need, to, that's another thing people need to get used to. It's like, man, if you don't get invited, Hit the practice room, man. It's not nothing personal. It's just like they got to do something, you know. And I've been rejected, you know, plenty of times. Been tried out, used, you know, and they're like, ah, we don't need you anymore. And then I'm like, all right, all right. Well, then I was like, yeah, one man band thing over here is like, is the way to go for me because I was like, this is what I want to do. I've been employed, <laughs> I've been waiting tables, I've been doing all that stuff. And I was just, I felt like I was an all right employee. The, my only one of my biggest downfalls is like, I didn't want to go to work. I, and uh, that would cause me to be late. I would be, uh, you know, or not even show up because I get tr too drunk the ni night before. And then I'm like, uh, wake up way too late and all that stuff. I was like, man, <clears throat> and I wasn't happy. Like, and I noticed that like once I got out of the, like that of not of doing something that I didn't want to do, I was happier. And, uh, I was just like, my life was just like getting better. Like, cause for a while before from, from the transition from Beeville to here, it was a mess, dude, a mess. A lot of things happened from here. And then like, not until like two years ago, that's when I was able to just start doing music, which I was like, yes, yes, finally, finally, finally. And it, it all had, it, I had to add, had to keep on adding. So I first tried to do the whole guitar and just sing. I wasn't good enough at guitar. Well, I was like, I can beatbox. And if I get a looper and I beatbox, I can play trumpet. And because I can loop the thing. So then it was just me, guitar, trumpet, and looping and beatboxing with one track. And then I'm like, and then during, then quarantine, and I was doing good with that. I was doing really good with just that, which is crazy. But then quarantine hit. And then like, I went from like making like a good living off a comfortable living off of music uh and 
to nothing, like absolutely nothing. And I was like, thank God for like unemployment because I did my taxes. Thank God I did that. <laughs> Uh, cause then I would have been like lost, but I, I used that money and I'm like, no, I can't let this happen again. I can't like, cause I was like, I should have, I was like thinking, I was like, I should have been online already. I should have had this. I should have had all the things I said I was going to do and I just didn't do it. So I used all the the money that I had, like was getting, um, just got the things I needed. I got one little thing at a time. I got the RC 50 for my friend and then I got the black star amp to do electric things cause electric Electric sounds a little bit cooler, you know, and that, that little amp, I can switch it and make it sound like an acoustic cool. if I wanted to. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then after that, I got the piano, got the piano stand and I got my in-ear monitors, which was like a game changer for me <laughs> because I'm like, I can hear everything. I can hear all my mistakes. I can fix every single little mistakes. And then my friend, Alex Bennett, excellent vocalist was teaching me better vocal things to do. And I was like, well, I'm just going to. When I get when I get back out there, <laughs> I am gonna tear it up. It's and, a reckoning. And, yeah. <laughs> so like that's and that's this this is the first year I've been doing it, and people were like, I can't believe you just brought out your piano and you just you just bought it. I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, and, and like even then, like <clears throat> I'm pra- I'm still practicing uh, scales on the piano, but I'm I'm doing it like it's not that hard. Like I, I have a good ear, uh, so. I, and I know what I want. I just have to learn how it sounds. I just have to learn the software and I have this. So I just got to learn this. Um, and then the flute, <clears throat> uh, my, my brother and my sisters, my brothers and my sister played a flute and they had a, a flute. Uh, cause my brother just left it there. <laughs> I lived in front of the, So I just kept it around and I was like, I wonder if I could play this. And I just looked up some scales. I'm like, and I figured out like, oh, it's, it's super linear. It's like super lean. It's like a piano. And like, I was like, I, I can do this. And like, and then like the making the noise, I was like, I know how to do that. Cause I, I, I went to school for music and I took a woodwind class and I know how to do that. So I just had to practice the relearn the scales. And I was like, I, I was like, was it this easy back in college? <laughs> I didn't remember, or maybe I wasn't paying attention or I don't know. Uh, but it was just super easy. And then I'm just like learning one scale each week. Uh, and I already know all my scales and my trumpet uh, and all that stuff. So it's like scales, man. Scales, uh, very important. And then it just every every little thing that I added has made something else better. Like my flute playing has made my trumpet playing better. And also my vocals, everything's just stronger. And I don't feel like I'm struggling as much. I also stop uh, like, <clears throat> like uh, smoking combustibles. Uh, which also like, I swear, I swear by it. I think people who sing should not be smoking period. Uh, I do see some really good singers that can sing and they still smoke, but they practice a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. They have to, uh, I know this one guy who, uh, he's a, he's a French horn player. He smokes, uh, and but he does a lot of breathing exercises, and he when he goes for his checkup, he does. They can't tell he smokes. They're oh like, wow! They're like, do you smoke? And they're like, yeah, I smoke. Like what? <laughs> like yeah, because it's like those. It just push. You're pushing all that crap out of your things. So you're just doing all these breathing exercises, and it's like a lot of yoga things, and get you. Keep, you're pretty much trying to get yourself a little bit lightheaded, so you won't. And you push yourself a little bit, so, but stop before you you pass out. 
and that builds your lungs and uh just all that stuff matters man but yeah it's just little things that <laughs> yeah like, just the science of music is so interesting yeah. i think and you know like like breathing exercise and the importance of all these things is just so you don't talk about that when you, you know, most most musicians don't talk about that because well, most of the, like the, the people who don't play music don't know about these things and and it's just so wild to think about that there are things that you can do to that can basically make you do superhuman shit you know like you just you should practice man like when i i do this uh, little trumpet noise with my mouth i practiced that for years years dude uh before I got good. <laughs> like I, I was like, people don't, I think some people, I'm not saying like everybody, but there's some people like here in town, like they don't realize, and they're musicians too, but they don't realize like, they're not really musicians. They're just people trying to be musicians, but they don't realize how much work it actually takes. And they think, they think I just woke up like, Oh, I woke up. I was born with the trumpet and the flute and a piano and the <laughs> vocals and everything like that. Like, no dude, like it, it, I had to work at everything. Like it had it took a long time. I'm 33 years old. I started playing, wanted to sing and play when I was like 20, 23, like outside of, outside of college, uh, <clears throat> which was, that was a tough man. Like, cause I stopped playing tr- trumpet is one of those things. You just like, if you stop playing for like a week, you have to like, you have to start playing you lose it you lose it all like you have to practice like pretty much every day maybe just one day off yeah uh they have a saying they're like miss one pra- you miss one day of practice you know if you, if you miss <laughs> two days of practice you know and somebody else knows if you miss three days of practice everybody knows because <laughs> <laughs> you can you can yeah hear it. it's so true uh but yeah uh yeah the tr- i was gonna ooh, i forgot <laughs> fell out of my head no i mean you know I, I think it's just it's cool and and you know bringing this kind of full circle with sublime they are portrayed as kind of these like you know party frat guys they yeah but they're all really good musicians exactly they're yeah all really good musicians all of them even the dj like he's oh the dj is amazing yeah. um uh field marshal uh yeah, yeah. uh ross md yeah, um dude. I watched a couple of interviews with him and he was, I think he was the most interesting person that, that they talked to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I he played drums also and yeah. he's in a couple of bands and, and uh, I think, uh, I think Eric, the bassist like started out on trumpet too. And um, it's just so, I love hearing those, those stories where you have these instrumental or these, these, these bands and, and you don't, they have these like, like finding out flea was a trumpet player w- from red out of was like, the biggest like revelation to me i'm like oh like he has a jazz background that's wild yeah you know a lot of them have something yeah yeah do. red hot like you said red hot chili for sublime uh who else um fuck. oh there's i love listening to like rap fighters Foo fighters incubus oh yeah incubus. yeah like all those guys are like they're multi-instrumentalists yeah all of them and they're, they're students of the game too. I mean, the way the way you talk about like you know, learning all this other stuff, you have the foundation there, and the fact that you're like learning new tricks and things, you never stop learning. And I think that's something that that's really really cool to see somebody uh, if you know as talented as you are that you don't you're not satisfied. Yeah, uh, it's so funny. Like, there's another thing about talent that I like to come up with. Uh, <clears throat> me and my friend, and he told me that I should I should actually learn some sort of martial art or something like that because i'm saying this and it's like you don't even know any martial arts you should stop <laughs> saying that but i'm gonna say it anyways because it's true 
because I was looking up like uh, he was telling me the, about the meaning of Kung Fu because Kung Fu means a high level of skill attained through time and effort. And like he doesn't really believe in talent and or they, they use they misuse the word talent. Like when somebody says talent, they're like uh, not everybody, but most people use it like, oh, he was just born that way. It's like, no, it's like it's work. It's Kung Fu. And like, uh, so I, I think it's a beautiful concept, and I think that's gonna be my first shirt. It's gonna say "No talent, only kung fu." <laughs> that's rad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. I I think that yeah. No, I, I hear that all the time too. And there is obviously people who have in in, in yeah. This like that's like rare. It doesn't happen very often. But the, yeah, there's a lot of work in putting yeah. into that to where it becomes a foundation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to end this with, uh, or I have to bring this to a point where I, I want to know what your favorite Sublime songs are. Oh, the ones I play. Oh, so, Garden Grove. Garden, oh, actually, Caress Me Down definitely is my <laughs> favorite one. Dude. I just love that that whole debauchery. I just love it. I mean, I, again, it's so funny because like I grew up like very Catholic, so I guess that's like me. like, hey, I didn't get to see all this stuff and li- <laughs> listen to all this stuff. The stuff we would listen to as kids, man, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> it was like a lot of Jesus. Like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and like we had friends over sometimes, and and we'd. Play this song is not embarrassed at all. <laughs> not we were we were loving it. We were like, yeah, Jesus, Slaps, right? right? Yeah. And like, I think our friends were like, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, I guess it's like thinking about like what my friends are thinking, and so yeah, definitely, "Crash Me Down" is my favorite one, dude. It's funny because uh, I used to make you know I'd download from Kazaa or whatever, and I'd make yeah. like mixes of all my favorite bands of like my greatest hits for them, and um, Sublime has a song called "Greatest Hit." And uh, no, not Grace. It's uh, what's my number? And there's a part in that song in the chorus where they insert like a sample from a porno of a woman having an orgasm. I forgot that song was on the CD, and I'm listening to it in my car at my parents. <laughs> and when it comes to that part, I panic and just yell out like something like, "Hey, what are we gonna go for dinner?" <laughs> and then I forgot I had to do it three more times because it comes up. <laughs> My, it was the worst. <laughs> my dad found the album cover to the Blink-182 with the nurse. Uh-huh. And he's like, what is this? <laughs> like, it's, it's an album, Dad. And he's like, oh, this is not what you should be listening to. I'm like, have you listened to it? <laughs> like, like, and he was like, he took it away from him. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, And it's so funny because the, the, the album itself, like, the case was, like, in, like, a, a, a case full of just empty cases. Like, so we weren't, like taking it out and like yeah you know, like, i guess that's what he's saying is like don't be jerking off Catholic, <laughs> can't jerk off and uh so yeah like it's so funny like you bring that up like this is one of my things like like the, all the things i listened to when i was in middle school like we weren't supposed to listen to really like, like we weren't even supposed to play mortal Kombat at one point in time I'm like oh my god i had to play without the blood code <laughs> when i was a kid oh my gosh it's so <laughs> funny dude yeah but i don't understand like I don't think we should be, uh, I think that's just stifles. You should be, you can't just, you should actually parent. I don't think you should just like, no, you can't do that. Well, you know, whatever, like. Start a conversation. Conversation is like, why do you like this game? Are you like, you understand that you're not supposed to kill people, right? Like, (laughs) yes, mom, I know I'm not supposed to kill people by ripping their heart out of their chest. I was like, all right, cool. Like, just, just like taking it away. Makes you want to do it more. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, and that's why I'm like listening to all this stuff, <laughs> you know, like listening to all the things I wasn't being, uh, supposed to be listening to and doing all, you know. And then like, even then, like I wanted to try weed in high school, never tried weed in high school. 
wanted to. And <laughs> <laughs> we tried it. Because all, all of my friends that did do it, they were very quiet about it because they're all paranoid. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that shit was cool. I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> I was just, uh, just Sublime in general, like oh, your yeah, favorite songs. Sublime. and yeah. um, It's Cress Me Down. Uh, I wonder if there's another one. I love the the Quint, Gwen Gwen Stefani and and uh, Saw Red Saw Red yeah, yeah I like that one a lot I just love that one I always wanted to cover that with with somebody but there's uh, working like finding some of that just a person who's just gonna sing with you that one song is kind of hard to find yeah you know it's like uh, you gotta find somebody reliable not only you have to find somebody reliable you gotta find something like good <laughs> you know so. There's one girl here in San Antonio. I really love her vocals, uh, but she's like an artist. I don't know if you know her, uh, Chris Gustine or something like that. I can't remember, but she's a great vocalist. I haven't seen her in like forever. Well, quarantine, yeah, no, a lot of people haven't been out, so I was just doing okay. But that girl has amazing vocals. She's my favorite uh, female vocalist here. Awesome, so, yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're, we're kind of bringing it to the end here. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, just Sir William Music and Sir William Entertainment on YouTube, uh, Sir William Music on Instagram, and then Sir William on Facebook. And uh, yeah, Jason Kane and the Jive. Actually, I'm in that band, so check that out too. Awesome. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on. This has been fun. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. It was yeah, great. Definitely. Coming up next, we've got Sir William covering Garden Grove by Sublime. Take a little trip and take a little trip with me. 
Smells like the dog inside the van Oh yeah This ain't no funky record party Five dollars at the door It gets so real so old times Who wrote my rhyme? I've got the microwave I've got the VCR I've got the twos and blues In the trunk of my car It's hard to keep my soul on the ground You're a fool, don't fuck around my dog Only that I say I still As I fill up my garage Cause in my mind It's that shit stuck under my shoe It's that smell inside the van It's my bed sheets covered with sand Sitting through a shitty band Getting dark shit on my hand Getting hassled by the man Waking up to an alarm Sticking needles in your arm Picking up trash on the freeway Getting depressed every day Leaving without making a sound Picking my dog up at the pound Living in a twinkle pad Getting yelled at by my dad Saying I'm happy when I'm not Finding roaches in the pot
Take a little trip, take a little trip and see. 